in to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from MidAmerica RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. And a very special Thursday show as we're joined by Matt Miller from the Draft Scout dropping his uh, Top 100 big board this morning so we'll go through that then big country and i will get into some college football games and also um, a lot going on with baseball and even getting into some basketball talk here uh, but matt first off it's it's great to have you back on so formal matt miller of the draft scott i'm in I, my office is 12 feet away uh-huh. we're in the same building right like uh, he sleeps in the same city yeah we we have the same mom and dad mm-hmm. uh yeah so but no for it's, our listeners i'm sure it feels like forever since it feels like it's been forever. Uh, big country took my fucking like, desk. Like I don't have headphones. Like it's, watch TV, man. It's like, wow. guest. Right, I am a guest today. My my company distributes this podcast, and I'm a guest. It's yeah. weird. No, but I appreciate you guys making time for me today. To uh, you guys, I feel like I listen to the podcast every day. My Emmett and I listen to it every morning. He's learned a lot of new words, so thank you for that. Thank uh, you for listening. But you know, just, there hasn't been a lot of draft talk. So I, was, I texted you last night. It was like, "Hey, got a new big board dropping? Maybe uh-huh. give you an opportunity to flex some of those draft muscles." I know your Kansas City Chiefs need a whole lot of help on defense, and well, it looks like it's going to be a good year for that. I was going to say, thankfully, one of the needs that they do have is that pass rusher, and that's where your big board starts. I, I feel like most people probably do have Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon at the number one spot mm-hmm. there. Uh, I can't imagine many people having somebody different, maybe like Kyle Hamilton, I, Derek Stingley, maybe. Yeah. But with Kayvon Thibodeau, where does he rank among like the historically great pass rushers that we've seen, like the Miles Garretts, the the Bosa's, and those guys that we've seen recently? Yeah, I think that it, he's in that conversation. And I, I'm going to steal this. I saw it on a Reddit thread a couple years ago. You know, in, in this business, Mello, we talk so much about generational talents, mm-hmm. but a generation's 40 years, and that's not fair. But they coined this term presidential, which is every four years we get a presidential election. I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau's in that. He's a presidential prospect. He would have been the number one pass rusher last year by far. When you think about like Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay, those types of players. 2020, that was Chase Young. I think he's on par with Chase Young. Their games are very different. I think Kayvon's a little quicker, uses his length better, whereas Chase Young was more physically dominant, like stronger, that speed to power conversion. Um, 2019 was Nick Bosa. I still think Nick Bosa's arguably the best pass rusher I've ever evaluated and other than Von Miller like they're my one two basically um but I I do think he's in that conversation you know Miles Garrett was 2017 he's right there you know so we've been blessed with this run of of pass rushers but I do think he's one of the better ones that I've seen and you know there was maybe a slow start to the year but my god he's been cooking since he came back from injury he's had uh three sacks in the last uh two games I believe it is and just has that chance to really be a wire-to-wire number one overall player. You mentioned Derek Stingley Jr., corner LSU, All-American as a true freshman, best defender on that team, which was loaded. That's one of the greatest college football teams ever. Sophomore year, they only played 10 games because of COVID, but he doesn't look like himself. And now this year, he has a an injury that he's had indefinitely. So I think he'll be an interesting case study in, do you trust the traits or do you look at the film of a guy who hasn't played a whole lot? You know, we can 
Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, some corners been drafted early that have had injury histories. One is still really good. The other has not lived up to his potential. So it's a big question mark. Yeah, and with Stingley, he kind of falls into that trap that we've seen before with uh, some of these LSU guys, or really just some of these mm. defensive backs, where it really outstanding freshman season kind of tails off his sophomore year, and then we don't hear from him at his junior year, and he due to injury. Uh, but I also do wonder how much of that was. I don't really feel like doing well, this for yeah. Coach we'll O Coach anymore. O One of the things the I love being able to come on a podcast to talk about is because, like, when you're writing, you like you have limited space, right? But one thing I have heard with Derek Stingley Jr. before the foot injury, when he was dealing with, like, I, I feel like there was a soft tissue injury earlier in the year, and one person who is will no longer be on staff very shortly at LSU had told me this is a case of a player who wanted to train on his own and got hurt. And we, we hear about that in the NFL. There's a, it's an epidemic right now, basically. And I think Stingley falls into that situation, big country, like you were saying, of he's over it. He knows how good he is. He comes from an athletic family. He's ready to go to the NFL and has probably been ready since he was 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he was a freshman, the dude looked special. And I don't hate on him. Better than like, Greedy Williams, better than Grant Delpit, better than Christian Fulton. Yeah. Like, he was the best defender on that team. Yeah, he was. And I, I don't hate on a guy for wanting to get to the NFL. Like, even if he said, you know, I'm going to dip out a little bit early here. LSU's not playing for anything. They, they don't have anything special. They've already fired their coach. So, you know, if some of these guys want to dip out, eh, more power to you. But you usually you don't see corners drafted very high. But mm -hmm. I feel like Stingley might be – the exception to the rule, when we look at like who's drafting high, his kind of pedigree there, he checks all the boxes. How high do you think guys like Stingley and Hamilton could be drafted? Well, and Kyle Hamilton, another guy who is hurt right now, um, not any injury, so he's out this weekend. That's definitely one to watch moving forward. Um, it's interesting with corners that they're not drafted early. Yeah, Jeff Okuda mm -hmm. was drafted third overall, and I believe that's the highest in modern era. So I have people ask me all the time, like, oh, can't a corner go one or two? The Denzel Ward was they four. They can, yeah. yeah, right? But you just don't see it very often for a corner to, to be drafted that early. Um, so I look at, at, at Stingley, and I think it's going to come down to like positional value versus need. And I actually have a, a mock draft coming out on Friday. I'll go ahead and give you a teaser. He's a top five pick because he's that good. And it's not an overwhelmingly strong class at the top. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton, Mello. I, I love him. I was talking to Ryan Clark this morning uh, about him, and it's just like this is the modern NFL defender. This is what you want, 6'4", 219, he can play in the box. He can play center field. He can erase tight ends. And I think unlike some of the guys we saw, Isaiah Simmons have like a slow development to the NFL. I think Derek, excuse me, I think Kyle Hamilton comes in and is like Derwin James, where he's just like, yeah, I was that dude in college. I'm still that dude. Just let me kill people in space, basically. And I mean, his start to this year was phenomenal. I think he had three yeah, picks in his first three games. Yeah. Right. And it's just, all over the field. Um, speaking of Kyle Hamilton, you mentioned Derwin James and how much of an impact they can make quickly joining the NFL. Who would you compare his game to, though, outside of Derwin James or like your prospect player? As far as Kyle Hamilton? Yeah. I, I mean, I think he is Derwin James. I think he's just a little bit taller. I mean, maybe a blend of Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James because he's almost more of like a nickel linebacker at times. But it's just the speed and the range. And I think range is becoming so underrated when we evaluate prospects. We get caught on – you could look at height, weight, speed, but what you're not doing is putting that triangle together to say, okay, what is this player's range? I mean, mm -hmm. your guys' Chiefs are a great example of a secondary that has no fucking range. Yeah. And so what do you need? You need someone who can, if they make a mistake, 
they're able to cover it up with their range, with their length, with their speed, yep. with their even just like what Honey Badger used to be of like, oh, see ball, get ball. Yep. And so that's yep. what I think Kyle Hamilton can be. I mean, he I, I haven't been doing this as long as like it might appear or as long as my voice sounds today. But he has to be one of the best safety prospects I've ever evaluated. And I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic. Like I didn't see Ed Reed. I didn't see Sean Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's a hell of a lot better than Jamal Adams. He's yeah. a hell of a lot better than who are the, you know, like Earl Thomas were you around for that one? Barely. Even Earl Thomas though, like he was small. Right. And he was a redshirt sophomore. I hadn't seen a whole lot of him. So do you think that Hamilton could play similar to what we're seeing with Jamal Adams? I like a, as a blitzer, like a, almost more of a linebacker than a could, safety. but I don't think with Jamal, I think you have to put him there because right. he can't cover. And I think the difference with Kyle Hamilton is you're going to put him there because he's so good at it, not because he can't do things. You know, it's almost like um, Micah Parsons. It's like, OK, you can play pass rusher or linebacker. Let's see what happens. Turns out you're the best defensive end on our team. So you're going to stay there. So I could see Hamilton being bumped down. I mean, 6'4", 219. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be able to run the way. Right. Does. This like, isn't like a safety who is going to run like a 4-6. Right. You're like, oh, shit, we better play him at linebacker. I mean, Bruce Feldman put him on his freaks list. He was the number one or number two player on the freaks list. Like he's He will run in the 4-4s. Four and I just look at where the NFL is going. So many great tight ends, whether it's Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Gusecki, Kyle Pitts last week had a great game. This is the answer to that. Instead of bracket coverage, which doesn't even work that well. This is your answer to players like that. So I think Kyle Hamilton should be drafted in the top five, but it goes back to, like we were saying with corner, traditionally, safeties are not drafted very highly. So some team, maybe it's the Eagles, some team's going to get a steal most likely outside the top five. So yeah. you th- is there a possibility that Hamilton and Stingley both go top five? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know how much Mello wants to get into this, but – it's not an offensively driven draft class. And you can look at the you can look at my big board to see that. You know, it's so many defenders at the top or offensive tackles. You know, the quarterbacks are will be drafted earlier than they should be. Mm-hmm. It happens every year. But outside of that, there's not I love Drake London at USC. There's not a wide receiver though that you're like, this is a Julio Jones, and Calvin I think Johnson the NFL's type kind of coming around to the let's wait a little bit on the receivers. Right. Yes. So hopefully. even with guys like Drake London who also check a lot of boxes, has great size. That's yeah. We haven't seen a receiver with great size come through in a while. Not one of these top Not a top-tier guy. Yeah, you think, elite guy. Not to cut you off, Mello, but because we see how much of an impact Jamar Chase is making so far this season and Kyle Pitts coming on strong with the Falcons in replacement of Julio Jones, does that maybe add to where they're like, shit, like, let's just go ahead and get a receiver? I think if your team has Joe Burrow or Matt Ryan, yes. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> if otherwise. If you have a quarterback in right. place, yeah. You know, but if you are, you Jalen know. Jalen Hurts or Jared right. Goff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're the New York Jets and you really believe Zach Wilson's the guy and you've missed on Denzel Mims, you're like, okay. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the New York Giants. Kenny Galladay is not the long-term wide receiver yeah. one there. You can't say If you're going to keep going with Daniel Jones, then, okay. Jadarius Tony Jaguars, was a great hit. Giants. Yeah, there are teams that could draft a wide receiver Early, but and the Jets have. You mentioned them; they have two top ten picks, right? And, because of the way Seattle's playing, right? And honestly, <laughs> might stick around. You know, Philadelphia drafted Devontae Smith, but could Philadelphia draft another receiver early? They have three picks in the top fifteen, so yeah, they definitely yeah, be could. Three years in a row of a first round wide receiver, wouldn't it? Rager, Smith, yeah. Mean, yeah if they did, it hopefully this year. two good ones because Rager's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you mentioned how this is going to be a very defensive driven class. Uh, you have. Thibodeau one, Hamilton two. Evan Neal comes in at three. He's a guy that I, I think 
I could see him being the number one overall draft pick, depending on absolutely you know what team's there. But I mean, well, it's going to be Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we yeah. can all say there. It's probably going to be likely. Detroit. Yeah. yeah, and I was asked this morning, does Detroit roll with Jared Goff? And it's probably because of the money you owe him. And be, I don't, I don't necessarily like Jared Goff, but I don't think there's a replacement level quarterback in this draft for him. So you're right, Evan Neal could be the first overall pick. He's massive at six seven, three hundred and sixty pounds, but he's agile. And I, I think that's the thing that's lost with him is doesn't he's a it, great athlete. Doesn't it just feel like a Dan Campbell move to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Left We're getting the two best tackles <laughs> right. of this generation, of this presidential era. Right. Good luck stopping us. And that's the crazy thing. Like <laughs> on paper, they don't need it. Taylor Decker's not bad. Right. And they just drafted Panay Sewell, but it does go back to like it could be positional value for them. It's going to be Kayvon Thibodeau or Evan Neal. Right. But mm-hmm. I do think he will be a very early pick. You know, when you look at the draft order right now, it goes Detroit, Philadelphia, Houston, the New York jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will not get past those five teams. There's no, no way in hell minus an arrest, like a bad arrest, you know, obviously because mm-hmm. the NFL doesn't care, but he should be a top five pick. And then I think Charles cross at Mississippi state is the Best player not enough people are talking about in this class. Yeah, his stock's really going up. He's number five on my big board. I, I think he's phenomenal. He's almost the opposite of Evan Neal where he's he's smaller. He's 6'5", 305. He's just he's the most athletic offensive tackle in this class, hands down. <laughs> it's crazy how we look at a guy. He's like, yeah, he's 6'5", 305, but he's a little smaller. That is insane. <laughs> Small for the position, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, when you compare to 6'7", 360, right. 100%. And he's played all over the offensive line, right. too. And I, I think that bumps guys' stock anymore of like, okay, Maybe we can kick you inside for a year, let you develop right. if he needs to. But I think the one thing that really stands out when I look at your big board is the absence of a lot of these quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, It takes until number 10 overall where you finally get to Malik Willis out of Liberty. Yeah, and man, I don't even – 10 might be too high for him. And I'm Matt Corral from Ole Miss at 11. Malik Willis scares me a little bit because he's thrown – He's had he had back-to-back games with three interceptions. And we're not talking about that Liberty went and played Alabama. Like it was a – Right. Like North – Texas and Middle Tennessee State. I might have got one of those teams wrong, but still. North Texas and Syracuse. Okay. So, again, not great teams. So, you worry about that a little bit. Also, the sacks that he's taking. I think Syracuse got him five or six times. Um, He's holding the ball a long time in the pocket. Now, you can look at that and say, contextually, this is a really talented quarterback on a really bad team. I had one area scout text me about this, and he said, Matt, his best receiver's 5'7", white, and a true freshman. What do you expect? Like, Did he go to liberal high school? <laughs> right, sounds like it, right? And so it's like, all right, the, there are problems on that offense that he's trying to cover up. And I, I text the guy back. I was like, I saw Josh Allen play at Wyoming. I get it. Like You, you can't always just look at the stats or, or the win-loss. So I think that's where we're at with Malik Willis, trying to evaluate those jaw-dropping traits and pull them out of that that offense and say okay what if we gave you a good receiver and a, a good offensive tackle and with Matt Corral it's the opposite he's only thrown one pick this year after throwing 11 in two games last year um, he's been better with the ball he's an explosive athlete I don't think he gets credit for his footwork you know it's Lane Kiffin so it's like all RPO down there at Ole Miss but he lost Elijah Moore and somehow got better and I think that says a lot about him that he has continued to develop so there's a lot to like with both of those quarterbacks if you wanted to be like, you know, I feel like Malik Willis is like a discount Kyler Murray and Matt Corral's like Zach Wilson, you know? So if you liked those quarterbacks, you're going to really like these quarterbacks. Yeah. How close would you say they are to Neck each other? Like, yeah. they're tied at this point. And Which, I know that's like cheating on my part. I was going to say, if I remember right, and I do the same thing too, if you have guys that are like neck and neck, like, yep, I'm stacking them. 10 and 11. Oh, hell yeah. That, that's the way And I'll be. see you in Mobile and we'll figure this out. Like, that's <laughs> kind of how I, or Las Vegas, wherever, wherever we end up, you know, but 
especially because of, you know, with the way the world still is and with all of us being independent now, instead of working for, you know, major uh, media outlets, you, you don't have those opportunities to just, you know, hop a plane to Liberty and watch Malik Willis in person. Also, so why would you? Yeah, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> North Carolina? It feels like uh, it's in Virginia? North Carolina. That's close. It's in that area. Yeah. Yeah, it's East. people. <laughs> you know, I curse way too much to be accepted on the Liberty campus anyway. Yeah, they 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 probably wouldn't allow that one. To. Right. Uh, so, another quarterback that's uh, kind of on the list and getting a lot of attention is Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. And I will tell you, I am like the last guy on the Kenny Pickett train. I have not watched. I have not watched him as like a draft prospect mm-hmm. at all. But I have seen you note a couple things with Kenny Pickett. Hand size is going to be an issue. And also, he's a super senior. This dude is 24 years old. Yeah. Uh, I do think that's another thing that could hurt Kenny Pickett. Yeah, uh, eight and a quarter hands. And you'll notice he wears gloves on both hands. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of a Teddy two-glove you know, feeling here. With Kenny Pickett, it's it's tough because you watch him and he's just so fluid. And he's accurate and he's he makes quick decisions. He's really smart. Again, he's he's 23 right now. He'd be a 24 year old rookie. So it's kind of that like man amongst boys thing right. um, that you worry about a little bit. But I think right now we're also so afraid because like Joe Burrow was kind of this guy who was like good, and then boom, it clicked, and he was great. Now Kenny Pickett doesn't have Burrow's natural attributes at all, mm-hmm. uh, but the way he's playing. You have to take notice. I think the other side of that, as a cynic, you would say, well, man, they haven't played anyone at all. ACC is not good this right. year. Right. And so, you know, even Clemson, like, okay, you beat Clemson. That doesn't mean a whole lot this year. So he's another player I'm really excited to see in person. I wonder about arm strength because he is undersized or skinny uh, and he is very small hands. So, you know, eight, I mean, eight and a quarter. That's. We can all get out of tape we measure. We all have hands bigger than that. Yeah. We and, did for the big country right, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, that's, uh, again, I don't keep mean to keep, you know, mentioning these area scout conversations, but I just sit in my cave and text people all day. And I had somebody say, my eight-year-old has a hand that size. Like, how are we going <laughs> to trust this guy? Especially if you're a team that, you know, doesn't play in a dome. Or even like the yeah. Detroit Lions, you play in a dome, but you play in but Lambeau and Lambeau. Soldier Field. Yep. So you have to think about the elements with AFC, a player like NFC this. North teams that would right. be looking for a quarterback. Uh, the Denver Broncos, like you can't draft Kenny Pickett. You have Teddy Bridgewater. They might be the same guy. Here's the funny thing: they're probably going to. Well, I don't know how deep you want to where they're at. They're at twelve right now. <laughs> he he, will, he shouldn't go. I was going to say, yeah. how high do you think he could draft? I know Big Country and I were talking the other day, and he was like, "Is this the guy? Is this the guy that is this has the Baker Mayfield, the Joe Burrow that comes out of nowhere that we weren't talking about, and then finds himself not necessarily number one, but for like, me, it's like it's a Mike Tomlin. I'll never say never, but but never, never. I feel like he's like a Carolina Panthers kind of quarterback. But what's messing this whole thing up is we can do mock drafts and we can connect these dots. And then Deshaun Watson yep. and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are all going to move to different teams. And and again, these are like big conversations happening with general managers and you know college scouting directors right now. Is you know I had someone tell me the other day, he's like, "This is the worst quarterback class I've ever scouted." And I said, "Well, add Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson to it. How does it look?" And he yeah. was like, "That's a pretty great fucking point, actually." Because you two are both pretty uh, adamant about Russell Wilson getting moved. Oh, I yeah. I, you think it happens? He might be adamant because I like got drunk and told him I was like, "Hey, I think Russell Wilson's getting moved." So I, just, I if you told was that you like know. three weeks ago? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I just I feel like I, I don't remember. Maybe you were sitting at the bar. Somewhere. I was sitting at the bar. Yep. Okay. Good conversation. One on one conversations. Working behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Off the clock. Thanks for keeping me in the loop, guys. Uh, you had your sorry. 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 Yeah. No, I do. But it's one. Speaking of Russell Wilson though, and him moving, I just I keep thinking like the New York Giants. 
Like they're probably going to blow oh, that's that a perfect thing up. Fit for him exactly. And his wife is going to love the media. She's now she's no longer hidden away in Seattle. She can't reach any big media. He's got to travel to right. do it. You're in New York. You're in the media empire. Do you guys know who Ben Lieber is? He played linebacker in the NFL for a long time. He now works for the Vikings as like their color commentator. He put it this very well the other day when someone was like, "What do you think about Russell Wilson running a two minute drill before a game? He's never going to play." He said, "It's the perfect like symbol of Russ's like crippling narcissism." You, New York wow. is perfect for him. Like all eyes on That's me. Not I, <laughs> I was shocked that he was that candid about it. Uh-huh. it. But yeah, it was a tweet. You can find it. But yeah, you want to take the most narcissistic quarterback in the NFL? Where should he play? New York. Duh. Yeah. The LA teams are taken. Like go yeah. to New York. Yeah, they're they're probably all set for a while. But it, even when he had his little list, I was like, okay, you're going to the major Giants markets. One of them? I don't know if they Yeah, were. I don't remember who it yeah. was. I just, the one that sticks out is like that he wanted to be a cowboy. Well, and there's always been the rumors that the Giants don't necessarily like black quarterbacks. And then but with Russell Wilson, like he kind of appeals to both <laughs> sides of this. He's right? mixed. I mean, He's no, like, he no, but like Richard Sherman, and I'm not saying anything that's not on the record. Richard Sherman was very critical of the fact mm-hmm. that Russell Wilson is not one black of them. Enough. Yeah. And so just speaking to some of the concerns, people are like, oh, the Giants would never but Russell Wilson is like that. He, he he's corny. He's mm-hmm. you know he's just very bland. He would fit. He would fit with the Giants. Yeah, I just can't imagine moving on from a quarterback like that. That's so good. But who knows? I I mean, last year we didn't think that guys like Carson Wentz that you could move on from him and Matthew contract. Stafford. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it happened. So I mean, I think it would take him requesting a trade, and he does, I believe, have a full no trade clause. And it kind of did last year. Like in a weird yeah. roundabout way, he kind of requested a trade last yeah, year. Yeah, you go on that, the Dan Patrick show and just ramble. Yeah. And, I mean, credit to Dan Patrick for asking those tough questions and then Russell being able to answer yeah, them. Yeah, DP doesn't care. He, he's too <laughs> old. He's been in the game too long yeah. to be like, oh, I'm going to dance around this question. Uh, what about two other quarterbacks that are – one of them's not on your list anymore. One is very low. Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler both came into the season – of like, oh my God, one, these two. guys, yeah, this is going to be a good quarterback class. <laughs> and I don't know that either one of them should be in this quarterback class now. Uh, so with uh, regards to Spencer Rattler, I complete. I have a top 200. He's not on it. Like, he's off. He's off the board for me. It's. <laughs> I mean, you get benched. Have we seen a player fall faster than this? <laughs> yes. I mean, like from the top. I have mean, we this ever dude... seen a player fall, fall from one to undraftable without an off-field issue? <laughs> That no. one maybe not. No, not I mean, that. It's like he was like I don't know, at the Grand Canyon looking over, and then the Grand Canyon was like, "We're gonna break," and now he's at the bottom. I mean, Lyle Collins went from a top twenty pick to undrafted. Mm-hmm. That's the one that everybody's like, "You ever seen anything like this happen?" It's like I saw it happen in one day. So yeah, yes, but that one was a little different. Very with different. The whole murder situation. Right. But Spencer Rattler. <laughs> no, I've never seen a player sabotage their own stock more than this. I mean, like Tease Tabor showing up fat to his pro day and running a four eight like where he maybe would have been a first round pick like this is it's bad and I, I think it also it goes with if he were like a great person and got benched yeah. you'd be like you know what there's still redeeming qualities here it's a bad situation like let's Matt Castle this thing we'll still draft him basically right. but the everything you hear is that he's not and I think every, even everything you see on TV you know like not mm-hmm. celebrating with the team not congratulating Caleb Williams um and I, I think with Spencer Rattler, we all saw the problems last year. I mean, he got benched against Texas last year. He wasn't great. But here's my my line of thought was Lincoln Riley will fix him. Like, he has warts. Lincoln will fix them. And he didn't. And so 
I, that's not an indictment on Lincoln because look at Caleb Williams. Right. My God, he might be the best quarterback in college football the last two weeks. Some guys are just uncoachable. And when you have all that that fame and hype coming and natural in, you know, like a Josh Rosen type, yep. like they just were not very receptive to coaching. Yep. And I don't know if that's the case or not with Spencer Rattler, but I mean, it definitely has that feel to it yep. with him to where he has fallen. And I think you're right. If he was like a stand-up guy and a, this great character, great leader person, Maybe then we would still be looking at him as like, okay, you're going to get drafted. Yeah, like everybody hates him. You know what? I heard, I, terrible I heard a, a rumor that if he does hit the transfer portal, watch for SMU because Lincoln Riley's little brother is the the co- a coach there. Maybe he's the oh, head yeah. coach, but he is a coach there. Yeah, and they are like the the school that brings in all these others. They have that Tanner Mordecai kid. Yep, they yeah, had Shane so, Bouchelle. Right. They had another guy. Tanner's having a pretty good season, isn't he? I feel like I heard that last so. week. Yeah, he's putting up big yards. Yeah. Things yeah. Like that. But you I will feel like SMU. Yeah, I feel like every quarterback from SMU does. Yeah. I know I've, I've had a lot of people asking me about, like, what does he do next? I, I think he has to transfer. Yeah. He has to go somewhere and try to redeem himself. But, uh, you know, I said it when we were doing Two Guys and a Girl. I think that Spencer Rattler is just – he's a name that everybody knew. So, they're like, yeah, he's going to be good. It's a cool name. You saw him on the reality TV show, yep. and with Lincoln Riley, everyone expected right. him to be good, and then he just—he never lived up to the hype. You mentioned Sam Howell though, real quickly. I know I'm taking up a lot of your guys' time. I see him as if Baker Mayfield was not explosive, who would he be? Sam mm-hmm. Howell. Yeah. The so where do person. you draft that guy? I mean, do you literally, if you're Cleveland, just not pay Baker and then go, okay, we'll just go? No, with this no, guy. no, 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 no. Because Howell is, I think, slower through his progressions than Baker. And does not give you any of the the like outside the pocket mobility. So, so is he worth drafting then? Oh yeah, worth drafting. It's like a third round pick. That's what I was gonna say. So like just maybe like somebody backup. takes a chance yeah. on him because he is a quarterback. He's right. gonna get drafted higher than he should. Right. Maybe even in like the second round. Yeah, maybe late second. Is it crazy to say like Chase Daniel then maybe? No better than that. Okay. Like I know around here it's like, oh, you're short, you're kinda chubby, and you're white, you're Chase Daniel. No, like he's better than that. Yeah. Like he's, I think he's better than Drew Locke. He just doesn't have like the elite physical traits that made Drew Locke get drafted in the second yeah, round. Yeah. The crazy thing about Sam Howell is he's got a couple hundred yard rushing games under his belt. Yeah, this year. <laughs> uh, I'll have to dive into that one in the spring and check it out because I I didn't watch it live, but I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, Matt Corral thirty carries, hundred ninety five yards two weeks ago. So we, there's some weird statistical outliers. It's like Daniel Jones rushed for like one eighty. That one game of college, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, what the hell is happening? He's also here? a great receiver, though. Um, all right, Matt, we thank you very much uh, for coming across the hall, joining us today. You can find his big board at thedraftscout.com. It's also, it, it's all over social media today. Yeah. Trying to get back on that grind a little bit, you know, yeah, I've gotten I mean, I lazy. On Instagram, I've seen your face like 20 times today. You're welcome. I saw, I think, two Facebook posts. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Last night, you're on Cameo now? I am on, yeah. And on Cameo <laughs> Look now, how excited so. you got. Hell yeah, I am. No, I mean, it's just, I was telling Melo yesterday, someone asked me to do a video for their fantasy football league, and then they were like, hey, by the way, you should have charged us for this. Mel Kuyper charges 300 bucks to do it. I was like, wait a second, what? He was like, yeah, and your video was twice as long. So I was like, well, my whole life is basically following in Mel's footsteps, so I'm just going to take this one more step. Here's the blueprint. Right. Yeah, he is. Really is. Right? I'm trying to go with the no hair instead of all the hair look to see go. if that helps. Welcome to the club. And we appreciate the great Matt Miller for joining us today. But let's move along to some other topics, get into a little college football. But first, thank you to Miners and Monroe, our great sponsor. And you guys should definitely check them out too. Visit them at minersandmonroe.com. Use code MikedUp10. Save yourself 10% off 
at checkout. They've got a lot of great items. It's more than just clothing. Maybe you're not looking for a flannel. Maybe you've already pulled them out of your uh, dresser and you have all of them that you need. But a lot of other great items that they have too. Hats, t-shirts, belts, wallets, all kinds of cool little stuff. Uh, I'm always surprised when I go on there to see exactly everything that they do have. And they also sell vinyl records, Mm -hmm. uh, which is another really cool thing. I believe it's on Friday. They do 10% off all their vinyls. Uh, So go check that out. And they they do ship. So I know if you're not in the area, uh, no problem. Go to visit minersandmonroe.com. Use code MikeTup10 to save yourself 10% off. Yeah, and I had a friend's birthday party last night. And I wore a flannel that I got from Miners and Monroe. And the amount of compliments that I got on it was uh, pretty nice. And let me tell you, it was all from the single ladies. Oh, yeah? Got some digits last night. <laughs> Boys feeling good. Confidence through the roof. <laughs> I'm glad that you waited until the podcast to talk about it. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime, dog. Need some more information? Hit your boy up. Feeling good lately. But next up, Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at gunspot.com. Protect yourself from all those ladies. <laughs> yeah, you, sometimes you just say, hey, the jealous ex-boyfriends, you got to protect yourself. Stay, stay strapped, dogs. But gunspot.com. Be sure to visit them. No reserved auctions for all your gun and ammo needs and accessories. You want to add a new scope? You need more ammo for your gun. You're wanting a new gun. I mean, there's a there's some ammo on here right now for five bucks. There's some uh, a gun for thirty dollars. There's a ten dollar gun. Um, it's just and it's impressive on how much these guns should cost, but you can get them at a really good and cheap price. So go have some fun. Get yourself some. Uh, I shouldn't say weapons, but like. Protect yourself. That's what it is. Yeah, it is a weapon. It is what but it like, is. Not a destruction. You're not causing harm. It's for protective reasoning. Yeah, you had to make it weird there. At the I end. did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gunspot.com. Go visit it, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, a little bit of college football picks for you coming up this weekend. There's like a surprisingly good amount of games between. I don't even know if we can call them good teams. The first one that we have here, 11 o'clock kickoff, is Michigan at Michigan State. It's so weird because both these teams are undefeated. They're top 10 matchup. I don't know if either one of them are good. And, <laughs> I mean, I watch a lot of college football. I've seen these guys play a lot this year. But I, just, I don't know. I, I think the record is good. You love to see what they're building if you're a fan of one of these teams. But they've beaten up on some really bad opponents so far. But it is a good matchup to start off with. 11 o'clock kick central time. Uh, Going to be on Fox for their big noon kickoff. Michigan at Michigan State. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh desperately needs this win. Uh, even the, with them rolling and them being 7-0, and like I said, there are people out there like me that still question, is this a good football team? Uh, I don't know. But I do know <laughs> that Jim Harbaugh needs to not only win games, he's got to beat these rivals yeah. too. So starting the season 7-0 and is great, but you have to beat Michigan State. Jim Harbaugh is 3-3 three and three against Michigan State and also has been getting his ass kicked by Ohio State for years. So he needs to start winning games, yes, but also beating some of these rivals. I don't know if it's going to happen for him on Saturday. I'm actually going with Michigan State in this one. Michigan is the favorite by four. I think the hometown team uh, in Lansing, Michigan, is going to be a little bit too much. And running back Kenneth Walker it has been very good, one of the nation's leading rushers. I'm actually taking the Spartans. I just I can't bet on Jim Harbaugh yet. I well, don't feel confident doing it. I'm stupid enough to do it, and that's actually what I'm going to take. I'm taking Michigan. I think the offense, it hasn't been anything spectacular, but they've been taking care of the football, and they've been able to march it down the field when they need to. The defense has been playing really good. I wonder if this is the year, and I know I've said it before, but I do wonder if this is a year that they beat Ohio State. Because Ohio State started off a little slow. I think they've kind of got things rolling now with C.J. Stroud, which is good. But 
Michigan, I mean, they've been hot from the start. Yeah, they're 7-0. They haven't really played anyone that fantastic. They had a big matchup against Nebraska a couple weeks ago, but they came out with a victory. They go into Wisconsin, and they, they smash them. I mean, playing in Nebraska, that's tough. That's a tough atmosphere. They handled Northwestern last week. I think you come in here against Michigan State, we talk about who have they played. I mean, they haven't played anybody. They beat Nebraska by three. You know, and we look at uh, Michigan. I mean, they beat them by four or by three as well. Excuse me, math's hard, but it's like one of those deals where <laughs> this Mich- math ain't math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it's one of those deals where Michigan just is a better team. They're able to put more points on the board week in and week out. In Michigan State, I just I don't see it really. And mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm just rooting for Michigan because I was a fan of them when I was little. My mom was a Michigan fan. My dad was as well. So it's like, nah. Maybe this is just hopefully Michigan can be good because Texas is not. I think a lot of people are probably in that same boat of like, okay, maybe maybe they are. So let's go ahead and throw some money that way. You mentioned another team in Ohio State. And if this could be the year that Michigan beats Ohio State, uh, what's crazy about Ohio State, they are 6-1 and one and they are ranked above Michigan and Michigan State. I do think they've been playing very well of late. I mean, just looking at their last couple games – Uh, I'll throw out the games against some of the lesser opponents, but even going back to the Rutgers game, 52 to 13, Maryland, 66 to 17, Indiana, who I think is the best of these opponents, beat them 54 to seven. Ohio state quietly has things going very, very well for them. I think they've kind of figured out their identity. I think they've calmed down CJ Stroud, who was always playing well, but maybe just didn't live up to the hype that we set for him, which was probably too much. But now he's really, he's coming around and they are favored over Penn State by 18 and a half points. And I'm just crazy enough that I'm going to take Ohio State to cover 18 and a half points at home against Penn State. Penn State has been so distracted over the last couple weeks. They (laughs) they play Illinois this week. Did you hear? Yeah. That's what they're focused on. Yeah. James Franklin, the head coach, they're just completely focused on Illinois who they just lost to in a nine overtime. I don't know if many people saw this. Nine overtimes. (laughs) The final score of the game was 20-18 to after nine overtimes. Usually you see these games, and if they go on like this, the score will be like 70-72. to Yep. Not Penn State, not in the Big Ten. I think that they are still too distracted, and they're facing a juggernaut team. I think Ohio State is still going to find their way to win the Big Ten and get into the college football playoff. And I think that really starts this Saturday when they beat Penn State. I don't think this one will be close. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, the last two weeks you lost to Iowa, who granted was, is ranked number three, but that was a tough game. And then Illinois, you lose again in the nine overtimes like you mentioned. But it's just one of those deals where – you're coming into this week tired, distracted, a little beat up, and now you're just going to get demolished. I mean, you talk about kicking them one and down. I mean, Ohio State's already got the grave dug. Like They're just going to throw them in and bury them. Yeah, I don't even like know if they're going to be alive at this point. like Miles Garrett. They're just putting the tombstones out. <laughs> yeah. If you're Ohio State, go ahead and maybe put the tombstone out for Penn State. That'd actually be hilarious. Yeah. You yeah. just need to have like all of their names right. somewhere on the field. That'd be great, actually. It would be. Uh, another game that maybe is not as exciting, unranked teams. But it was not that long ago that this was like a marquee rivalry. Florida State at Clemson, neither one of them are ranked. Florida State is 3-4 and four on the season. Clemson is 4-3 and three on the season. And that offense is terrible. Uh, I did a radio spot in North Carolina nice. the other day. And they were talking not to me south. about... Not south. No. Different states. What about East? 
It's a West Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, not not an East Carolina. They were talking to me about DJ and like what what's going to happen with this kid. There are people calling for a change at quarterback. <laughs> he needs a very very good game to stay with this. I, their offense has been atrocious this year. Clemson only scoring twenty points a game. And, I mean, you're going up against schools like Pitt. I know we talked to Matt about Kenny Pickett, what he's doing. They were only able to score 17 points against Pittsburgh. That's not good. Only scored 17 points against Syracuse. 19 points against Boston College. 21 points against North Carolina State. 14 points against Georgia Tech. This offense is one of the worst in the nation. (laughs) With all those recruits that they have, it's been very, very bad. Uh, but it, I don't think that it's bad enough that Florida State comes in here and wins. I do think that Clemson will win. I do think I'm going to take the under. Uh, set at 47 points. I don't think either one of these teams will be scoring a lot of points. I think it's going to be a lot of turnovers. It's going to be very sloppy. But I will take Clemson to cover the 9.5 points. Yeah, I'm really just mad at DJ. The fact- Whoa, hold up. Uh, no, I meant Florida State. I'm taking Clemson okay. to win. Florida State to cover the nine and a half points. I think it'll be a close game, but Clemson barely wins. Sorry, I didn't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put out wrong information on that one. <laughs> the panic in your no, face. Can... <laughs> nope, not going to do that. Um, I, I think I'll actually take Clemson here. Let me stutter my way through that. Um, Maybe this is the week they get back on track because DJ's hearing all the noise. Let me just go ahead and add to it. I'm annoyed that I learned how to say this guy's name and it ain't even worth it anymore. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, the, he was another guy. That we thought would probably be a Heisman. Yeah, we we talked about Spencer Rattler and his stock dropping. I don't know that DJ Uyunglele is going to be like a draft prospect for next year. He might not be. I mean, the way that you explained Clemson to me a couple of weeks ago uh, was right on par with what Texas used to be and like mm-hmm. kind of the demise of Texas after winning the national championship. And ever since then, that's all I can think about with Clemson is just how much that relates and makes so much sense on – we're way up here. We're competing. We're in the national championship games. We're playing really good. We have a new kid coming in. We think he's going to be great. Actually not. Things aren't clicking. And then you just fall. And then you're yeah. going to fire your coach in the next two years. Or he's going to go somewhere else. Oh, you else. think so? Well, I mean, they might. Or they he can. might. I think he could go somewhere else. I really think that's going to be it with Dabo. Is that he just might go somewhere. He's going to be like, well, that's about as much as I could do at Clemson. You're welcome for taking you to the top. Sorry you fell back to the middle. I'm out. You know, when I was in middle school, junior high, whatever you want to call it, like 7th, 8th grade, we had a coach at our high school that was very, very good basketball coach. And they had a really good team. Like, they almost won state, which is a huge accomplishment for us. Mm -hmm. And then he stayed on for another year because the team they had coming back was still pretty good. But then looking forward to the next class that was coming up, it was absolute dog shit. Mm -hmm. And that team was going to be terrible. And that's when he said, you know what? deuces (laughs) i am gonna go to another big school i am gonna cash in now i could see Dabo doing that and you know we'll see what jobs open up in the the future he's always been tied to the alabama job Mm -hmm. but if he can't write the ship in clemson missing on a quarterback like that the the way that he did is huge and then it was losing guys like travis Etienne at the same time and t higgins and then justin ross getting hurt it's been a really tragic fall for clemson so we'll see what happens with Dabo sweeney I don't know that I ever expected him to stay there forever. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I expected him to probably take over at Alabama because Clemson was going to be very good for a long time. Now I don't know. Like, they, might, they might be a team that has to look at the transfer portal. 
And that's another thing that they failed to do in Clemson is look at the transfer portal and say, okay, we need a running back in here. Let's go find one. Yeah. Know where other teams are, or now it's going to be. Well, they, they have that really good the uh, freshman. It's a freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how much are you going to rely on a freshman to lead you when right. the quarterback or can't handle On the offensive either? line, mm-hmm. I feel like that the transfer portal for the offensive line is a great place. It's like, all right, we're losing our right guard. Let's go find a kid. Yeah. And plug him in for a year or two and see what happens here uh, while we bring up you know these better recruits. I mean, it is essentially, it's free agency uh, in the yeah. NFL. It's like, okay, we, we're kind of waiting for this guy to come up. Let's replace him with somebody for a year. Here we go. Here's a really solid senior from Navy or wherever else. And Clemson has failed to do that. And they they need to attack the transfer portal going forward uh, for sure. But I will take Clemson to win this game. But like I said, Florida State to cover. I don't know that Clemson will beat anyone by nine and a half points this year. Even the terrible Florida State team. Uh, next game, uh, our guy Kenny Pickett getting a lot of talk today. They face the Miami Hurricanes. Miami at three and four this season. That's another situation where they picked up a win against North Carolina State over the weekend. I think that after the next loss for Miami, we're going to see that job open up. I think this is a situation where they probably know what's going to happen. They're just kind of waiting for that event. We saw Coach O get fired after a win, but you usually don't see that. I think Miami, after this weekend, probably going to lose to the Pitt Panthers. Over or sorry, the spread on this one is nine points. I'm going to take Pitt to cover that nine points. I do think that they can put up enough points, and their defense has been playing pretty solid too. Miami just so banged up. I was shocked that they beat North Carolina State. So I'm going to take the Pitt Panthers to beat Miami, and I do think that come Sunday morning, Monday morning, that Miami football job is open. Dang, like just immediately, that quickly? Yep. Okay. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh as well. I love the uh, the momentum that is going with Kenny Pickett. He's getting hyped up. Uh, He's kind of your guy. You're uh, on the bandwagon. No. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say anyone's my guy because anytime I say someone's my guy, it doesn't work out. You don't have to. I'll say it for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> like Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. I came out and I said, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. I just wanted him to be successful. And I wanted him to be happy. And I wanted him to join or enjoy Indianapolis. <laughs> I was leading that train. I was feeding it coal, and then I realized I'm not making this any better. So I hopped off, and since then you have hopped on and off that train so many times. I've hopped. I hopped off one time. It's every other week. No, you'll be like, oh, I moved back. I still that's, train. That's I what I was. I, I stayed on the train. I was and just a couple cars good, back. And you're like, nope, I'm still in. I'm but back. last last three weeks when he's been playing well, I said I I had to jump. I was done with it. I couldn't handle the pain anymore. I was trying too hard. Now look how successful he's doing. Look how much fun he's having. That's all I wanted him was to be happy and successful. Does it hurt that I'm not on the train? Absolutely. I didn't know you guys knew each other. I mean, we're, we used to. We were together for a while. It was Were a great you? time. I loved him out of North Dakota State. Sorry he broke your heart. It's all right. It happens to the best of us. But he's happy. He's doing good. It hurts to see, but I'm happy for him. That's all I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. But back to Kenny Pickett. I'm Sounds not going like to do a, that. Sounds like Olivia Rodrigo song. <laughs> 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 Hit me with it. I know you know the lines. Well, I'm not going to do that okay. today, <laughs> How about another game But, here? yeah, Kenny Pickett. Not, I'm not going to do that to him. He's not not your guy, pal. Yeah. He's going to have a good game on Saturday. You're going to come in on Monday and be like, that's my dude. I tried to tell you. Don't be stealing words out of my mouth. <laughs> All that bullshit. <laughs> um, this next game uh, really surprises me. Number nine, Iowa, going to Madison, Wisconsin, to take on the Badgers. The surprising part for me is that Wisconsin is favored in this game by three and a half points. 
I don't know why. I, I don't atmosphere. know <laughs> what I watched in college football this year that would lead the odds makers to have Iowa as the underdog. I love Madison, Wisconsin. It's probably a top five it's like city for me to visit, and the university is one of those reasons. The ladies are the other. Uh, <laughs> but I just don't see it with Wisconsin. I know that they're coming off of a win over Purdue. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> but that doesn't impress me much, as Shania Twain used to say. Ooh. The defense is very good at Wisconsin, but I, I still don't believe in this offense at all. Like, congratulations, you put up 30 points against Purdue. Let's remember that one. Uh, so I, I'm not a believer. I, I do think that Iowa wins this game. I think they win it pretty easily. I, I think one of the only reasons why this team even beat Purdue is because Graham Mertz didn't throw the ball. He had eight attempts in that, yeah. uh, that game against Purdue. So I am going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes. And again, still just baffled that they're the underdog in this game. They are 6-1. and one. They dropped one game against Purdue. So maybe that's what they're looking at. And they say, okay, Purdue is better than Iowa. Wisconsin is better than Purdue. So Wisconsin's better than Iowa. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. That is false. I'm taking the Iowa Hawkeyes to cover in this one. I don't understand why they're the underdog. I think I figured it out. It's right here in the the, the team stats and the total yards and yards allowed. Um, Wisconsin is averaging more rushing yards per game. They have more rushing yards here, which is great. Now, granted, they're not passing the ball as well. We know that's because of Graham Mertz. But the fact that you're able to run the ball efficiently and then your defense is holding teams to under 170 yards passing and then to what it looks like, fifty-four under 54 yards rushing as well, I think that's the difference for Iowa on why they're not favored in this game. So looking at that, I think I'm going to be crazy enough to go with Wisconsin. It's been a tough year for them. We know Graham Mertz is clearly not the guy, but they can run the ball well still. And the defense is able to slow people down. And – they're on a three-game winning streak, so you like to see that. Now you get Iowa at home. That's going to hype you up even more. Oh, that stadium's going to be rocking. Yeah. I think it just makes too much sense for Madison, Wisconsin, to be like, yeah, we're just going to let Iowa beat us here. Yep. Uh, let's do two more games. Our Texas Longhorns against the Baylor Bears. Texas is at 4-3 and three this season, has taken just some ugly losses. They're coming off of two losses to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I do feel like the Longhorns kind of right the ship here. They've lost to some good teams. Um, so I I am still a little bit optimistic. And I also just – I still struggle to believe that Baylor is a good football team. <laughs> and I think Texas has enough. Uh, as long as Bijan Robinson is out there against this Baylor team, I think they can win. I am going to take the Longhorns. Uh, Baylor is favored to win this one uh, by three points. I'll take the Longhorns outright. I freaking hope so. If they lose again, coming off a bye to, like you said, Baylor, who's 6-1, and one, the ranked 16th in the nation, that's going to be a nice little upset for Texas. But the sad part is it shouldn't be an upset. Mm -hmm. Like, Texas should be up here. But the fact that you lose to a good Oklahoma team with Caleb Williams as their quarterback, Spencer Rattler, we know. They were, they were losing that game. Caleb Williams comes in, saves the day. Oklahoma State. I really thought they won. That's on me. Honestly, I'll take the loss now because I went to Walmart thinking the game was over, hanging out, come back. They lost. So... I'm sorry. Trying to get, make that store run in between games. <laughs> yep. It'll get you every Thought time. Thought it was freaking over. Yep, yep. You get a little confident. You're like, all right, it's time to go get me a little <laughs> afternoon snack. And you come back and your team gets their ass kicked. It happens too many times. It just happens so fast. Yeah, the, la <laughs> the last game of the weekend is another one. Like This is a top rivalry. This is like a bucket list game. Usually, Georgia at Florida. This game will be in Jacksonville. Um, 
I don't see any way Florida can win this game. Georgia is favored by 14 points. The defense for Georgia is one of the best defenses I've ever seen in college football. I, I was kind of holding off. I had some people asking about it. I didn't know if that's the direction I wanted to go with what they were doing. I'm on board now. I do think this is a historically great defense. They have so many draftable prospects. I don't think Florida can score on them. For some reason, Dan Mullen is sticking with Emory Jones. I, I guess you like the loyalty to uh, an upperclassman at quarterback. But it should be the Anthony Richardson show. And maybe we'll see that this weekend. I think Florida is going to struggle to move the ball. We're going to see both quarterbacks. It sounds like JT Daniels is going to start for Georgia. And it doesn't matter at all. I think I could play quarterback for Georgia and they could still beat Florida. That's how good the defense is. That's how good the running game is. I'm going to take the Bulldogs to cover the 14 points. Now, do you think Florida could keep this close like they did Alabama? I mean, they had an opportunity to really beat Alabama, mm -hmm. and they choked it away. But you come here, you're playing in a neutral site. It's still going to be a packed stadium for sure. Jacksonville's going to be like, wow, why can't we do this for NFL games? Well, because you guys stink. Right. But I do wonder that. I am going to roll with George. I'm not going to be silly. But I do – I wonder if this is one of those games where it's like, man, I can't believe Florida hung in that long. Yeah. I would like to see them go to Richardson at quarterback and see what he can do. This is also a situation where – you really want to throw him out there to that Georgia defense. <laughs> uh, and I, I just don't know if Dan Mullen will. He's so loyal to these quarterbacks. I mean, he always was. I mean, even with uh, Felipe Franks there, he should have been benched a long time ago. Yep. And Dan Mullen stuck with him. And then even when, you know, a lot of the fan base was calling for Kyle Trask to not be the starter, he did it anyway. He, he just kind of rolls with his guy. Emory Jones, I, I think that they've been kind of waiting for him to get on the field. And now that he is on the field, people are already calling for Anthony Richardson. So I, I want to see the young quarterback play. I think he has a lot of upside and potential. And also, like, you're going to figure out if he's good or not against this Georgia defense. Let's move on to a little bit of NFL news and notes as we have our Thursday night football game tonight. But first, check out our great sponsors, Club 609 right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri, for their great happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. I shouldn't go in there at 2 o'clock. That would be a bad idea. But it I also be. don't have anything to do today. <laughs> what? No. Maybe. Er? Oh. You looking for someone to join you? Uh, Maybe. Hey, oh, 2 o'clock? 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock is a, it's a long time for I bet they got some really good soup. They always got good soup, but I bet the soup today is really good. With this weather, it's raining outside, <laughs> a little chilly. Uh-huh. Weather, not the soup. But is chili a soup? It's the soup, right? I think so. It's kind of like its own category of It's got to be soup. It's like hot dog. Is it I'm, a sandwich? No, it's a fucking hot dog. Just quick trying to make it another say, thing. I don't think chili could be a soup because you're not drinking it afterwards. No, it's got to be thick. Yeah. Thick. If you're drinking your chili, you're not making it right. Yeah, you got a real problem. Also, feel bad for you later in the day when that thing swims through your ass. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> next up, Downtown Lube. You should visit them at downtownlube.com. Speaking of lube up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are more than just tires and lube, but that is what they specialize in. They'll make sure to uh, get your oil changed in about 30 minutes or less. If you get it in the garage immediately, they're very quick at that. They get it done right, and they take really good care of your market, and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out on the same business day with no issues. If there is too big of an issue that they can't handle, they'll make sure to send you in the right direction. But again, downtownlube.com. Be sure to visit them. Uh, their website for the full list of services. Yep. And like I said, a little NFL 
talk now if you've been waiting for it. We do have the Packers at Cardinals tonight. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. I feel like that was yesterday. And what's happening now, uh, news last night comes through that J.J. Watt is most likely going to have season-ending surgery. That's really rough. He, I mean, I kind of poked fun at that signing of like, okay, like, it's a, like a legacy signing. This isn't somebody who's going to actually be impactful. And he has been. He's been good. <laughs> uh, so I was wrong on that. I was wrong on the Cardinals being good. However, I'm still taking the Packers to win this football game. I know Devontae Adams is most likely out. I feel confident that the Packers will win this game. And the spread on it is six and a half points. I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, A-Rod there. I think he gets it done. I think the, the Cardinals realize maybe just who they are. I'm taking the Packers, but I will go as far to say, if the Cardinals win this game, I will deem them good. I left them off of my five teams I know that are good. Yep. If they can beat the Green Bay Packers, I will say that they are good. I do not think that will happen, though. I yep. think the Packers win this game, uh, and I think they win it pretty easily. In the NFL, winning a game easily it can be three points, could be seven points, but I think that they control it the entire time through. Yeah, and as about 12 minutes ago from Ian Rappaport, Devontae Adams will not clear COVID-19 protocols by tonight and is out versus the Arizona Cardinals, sources say. So, quote I know that, there was talk this morning of, like, he didn't travel with the team uh, the other day, but he could still come into the game if he has another negative COVID test, mm -hmm. but it sounds like they are probably just going to keep him out of it. I, I it would be weird uh, to try to get him to Arizona by now and get that situation figured out. So I, I'm not expecting him to play, but I am expecting the Packers to win. Yeah, and I don't I don't really know how I feel in this game, to be honest, because it's really one of those – it's almost like a pick em, even with Arizona being favored by the six and a half. That's just too much when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So I think I'm going to have to join you on that. I don't necessarily feel very comfortable with it because MVS is also on injured reserve, and it's really like – a Who's Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? Oh, the guy that he wanted to be on the team in Randall Cobb. So is this the game we get with Randall Cobb coming back? Here we are against Arizona. Big game, big matchup. Of course, it's going to be old A-Rod and old Cobb. Yeah, Aaron, Rod Aaron Jones also. I, yep. I think he can have a big game. Uh, this is probably like the Robert Tunyon game. I don't even know if he's still healthy or active. But he it just also just added him on my fantasy team. So fingers crossed. I was going to say, like somebody will go off. It, if, Let me make sure I got him first. <laughs> if he, even if Devontae Adams isn't there, somebody will have a big game receiving or Aaron Jones will go for like three touchdowns. It, I just I feel like I have seen that happen so many times when Aaron Rodgers is down some of his guys. Somebody else will step up, and that goes back to you know that whole argument of, oh, boo-hoo, we never take receivers in the first round. Yeah, you don't fucking need to. Okay, <laughs> You're going to be just fine. I am taking the Packers. Uh, to win this one, though. But it will be fun. No J.J. Watt. I, I do feel bad for him. This late in his career, and like I said, was kind of having a better season, and then you know still gets hurt. And that's kind of been the, the M.O. on him. I wonder if it is uh, – I wonder if it's shot-related with J.J. Watt. There's a conspiracy theory for you. By yourself or – Yeah, that's <laughs> – I think J.J. Watt was probably on steroids. Like even recently, or I think now maybe. Oh, weird! You've been playing well, and now huh. you're hurt. Your shoulders, of all mm. things, too. Cray, cray! How that happens? Oh, you look bad. How you go from being a chubby kid in Wisconsin to being a jacked up dude in Houston? 
That's a really good question. And then, oh, you're hurt all the time? Who was a linebacker that got... Uh, we had Brian Cushing. Yeah. Look at me reading your mind there. Yeah. <laughs> reading uh, my mind. Give uh, you oh, you're friends with Brian Cushing, and then you got ripped? Huh. Weird. If I that. did that, people would be pointing but fingers. But Brian Cushing goes down again with it. And also, Brian, hook me up, bud. Yeah, We don't seriously. know each other, but like, <laughs> I'll cycle through. I would. I, w- I wouldn't. I'd be scared, too. I would. I'd be afraid I'd have a heart attack. You're not going to have a fucking heart attack. That's what everybody says until they have a heart attack. <laughs> Muscles are too big. <laughs> Most important muscle couldn't handle it. And it muscles. It, it shrinks other areas. Shrinks your testes. Yeah, I'm not concerned about that. I could use. I was gonna that say to lose a little girth. I'm not worried about my ball shrinking. Mm-mm. But JJ Watt, but if out did, most likely oh, for the season. Never mind. I'm not gonna plug him anymore. Fix <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> right. Uh, but also in the news, uh, sticking with the Houston Texans, they traded Mark Ingram. To the Saints, I like this move. Uh, sending him back to the Saints, I kind of surprised that it took this long for it to happen. Honestly, yeah. as, as soon as they started to have some uh, injury issues in New Orleans, as soon as uh, Latavius Murray was sent packing, I kind of thought that this would happen early on in the season. But it is cool that it did finally happen. I saw, I don't remember the number, but he's only like a couple yards away from being the Saints' all-time leading rusher. Go get it, bub. It, and it's like it's like eighty-eight yards. And it sucks because Alvin Kamara is not going to reach it because he's such like a pass receiving back. And it's like, well, he's not going to touch it. He might. I think it'd take a little while. He's getting like eight hundred yards of pop though. He's going to be like their all-purpose yards leader. Oh, for, for sure. sure. But yeah, rushing yards. Speaking, of, where's Michael Thomas? Is he on injured reserve? Is he just <laughs> not? I mean, we're all talking, and I'm not saying he's got the sexual allegations, but like we're talking about Deshaun Watson sitting there getting paid, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Michael Thomas doing? Well, he had and again, that. I'm not comparing the situations to Deshaun Watson's yeah. off-field stuff, but like, what's happening, man? Well, he did have that that surgery late, much later than he should have, and so he is on the IR, I believe. But it's it's also like when is when is he coming back? We're through October. Yeah, well, we're entering week eight, mm-hmm. and we ain't got nothing. No, uh, so that is an interesting question too, and they desperately need him. Uh, the Saints. Could really use some weapons at receiver. And Michael Thomas, when healthy and motivated, is one of the best receivers in the league. But you are right. Nobody's been talking about him. And I don't know what the timetable was. Honestly, I kind of forgot about him, too, uh, until you just said his name. Yeah. I We were even talking about, it's like— It's quickly how much—it's how, crazy how quickly we can forget about a player. Yep. Or just move on from him. I know. That's why everybody's always like, oh, when this player retires, it's going to be so weird to watch them. They're not watching. No, it's not. Peyton Manning's gone. Eli you will Manning's forget gone. about them by week two. Like Drew Brees. Doesn't yeah. matter. Uh-uh. James Winston came in week one, smacked yeah. the Packers. If you're a Saints fan, maybe it's like, God, I wish Drew Brees were out here. Oh, For yeah. the other 31 fan bases and just NFL fans, nope. It's, it's completely normal. But it is cool to see Mark Ingram back with the Saints. I think that will be a big help for them. I I wonder how quickly he can catch up to speed and start playing for them. I don't think that he's like a, oh, need to add him to my fantasy roster. No. But it's cool for the Saints. It's cool to have that reunion, too. It it feels like this is a coming home thing. Uh, It definitely feels that way, which is awesome. And I don't know, maybe this is a deal where he can step in and play because in Houston, we really weren't using him. 
you know, yeah. and it, he's not he's not getting hit, you know what I mean? So he's not getting injured, which is great. And if you're Mark Ingram, I mean, I'm sure you're just excited to be back in New Orleans and playing for the Saints. So maybe that just adds to your playing level as well. But this is just might be a win-win-win situation for the New Orleans Saints. Um, next up, though, PFT has a 94.9% chance that Watson gets moved. Is that this week? Well, it's yeah, got to be. By the deadline. Yeah. Deadline is Tuesday. And Florio was on, pardon my take, I, I think maybe yesterday, and he said he didn't want to label it a 95% chance, but he'd give it a 94.9. I just, I can't believe that people are still thinking this is going to happen. It is Thursday. The trade deadline is Tuesday. Last time I checked, he has 22 <laughs> sexual assault allegations pending against him. I just don't know how you can settle all that and then say, okay, maybe a team does trade for him. Like, What are the Texans supposed to say? Like, Are you going to work out some deals? And everybody is reporting that like there is a deal in place, but the Dolphins want to know what's going to happen with a suspension. The NFL's already come out and said, we can't suspend him. We're not putting him on the commissioner's list. We don't have enough information. So yeah, nothing's going to happen there. Nothing's going to happen on the legal side. Uh, the, last I checked, it, news would happen on that in like February. It's and, not February. And the thing with the Dolphins, you're one in six right now. If mm-hmm. you trade for Deshaun, you just expect to win every game from when he comes and plays? If you're the Dolphins, I mean, you're monitoring this thing like, you know, cryptocurrency. Like, I'm going to buy low. Right now, yeah. I can maybe give like one first and two seconds or two first and a second, whatever it is. Because if this does get cleared up in the off season in like a February then the price tag goes back up to we want three first-round picks, yeah. we want two seconds. But maybe uh, this is the Dolphins coming in and saying, all right, let's buy low now. Yeah, we don't really need him for the rest of the year. Maybe they trade for him and don't play him. Which I also think is just kind of silly. Yeah, but I mean, because this is, is a able future to play, move, though. Yeah, but if it doesn't work out, then you're unless you make them conditional picks that you trade right. to where you don't lose anything if he's not able to play, yeah. which they definitely should, but... Yeah, I, I do think the expectation is that they would trade for him and play him in Miami. And again, Deshaun Watson, full no trade clause. So he can be like, no, I'm not going to Philadelphia or Denver or any of these teams. And I think it was even Florio that said uh, he's not going to waive that no trade clause for any team other than Miami. So even like the Panthers were another team. Mm-hmm. He's not going to waive that no trade clause for the Panthers either. I'm very ready for Tuesday afternoon when we can stop talking about it. Yeah, that would be. I I do feel like we have a little bit of an obligation to be like, oh, this is what's happening with that situation. But I am ready to be done with it. I would say that there is a 94.9% chance he does not get traded. I have no sources. I I don't have very many sources. You just ruined your percentages. (laughs) Right, but I I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, John McClain. Uh, I think you'll be the coach before uh, Deshaun Watson gets traded. How about that one? Ooh, look how the turntables have <laughs> turned on that one. Another guy that wants out of town, though, that just happened this morning is Melvin Ingram, the pass rusher in Pittsburgh, wants out. And a lot of other teams may be trying to get in on that, but they're not sending him to an AFC team, which, like you said when we saw this, pretty stupid because they're not even – you're not even in playoff contention. Like, no. Like, don't trade just, him to your division. Yes, that makes sense. But uh, to a team in the AFC, who freaking cares? He played for the Chargers. Now he's with you and a free agency. And you're going to trade him. Just get whatever you can mm-hmm. out of it. 
and the Chiefs were a team that made an offer for Melvin Ingram. Why didn't you just fucking get him in free agency then if you're going to offer now? Yep, yeah, a little bit of hindsight on that one, huh, Mel? Jesus. <laughs> Where, yeah, the Chiefs did have an offer in on but him. Here's another hosted one. Hosted him. Here's just another thing, though. It was like, why are we bringing in an old guy who's just going to be a rotational player? No, you're bringing him for a year. He's only got on a one year deal. Yeah. So is he going to make that much of an impact? Especially when you just released a practice squad player, Damone Harris, who hasn't been awful. Oh, I think Melvin Ingram's better than. Is he right now, though? Guy. Like, right now, is he? I don't know. What has he done so far this year? Probably not a lot. I mean, we have but to you're also, question. you're probably not giving up a lot to get him. You're giving up like a conditional sixth round pick. That's it. Okay. Because he is old. Well, the Chiefs, those are about the only rounds they can hit on for defensive players, so maybe don't get rid That's of those. That's true. He's 32. He's a little bit old. He has one sack so far in the season. Maybe he's disgruntled because lack of play. I don't know. I don't know why he's gruntled. but um, <laughs> I don't know why he's gruntled. And also, this is a situation where, like, man, you uh, you kind of picked the wrong team. You've been there for, like, seven games. Yeah. And you're already trying to get out. It it sucks. I wonder uh, how Juju him. feels. Granted, I know he just had to have surgery. This dude could have been on the Chiefs this year. Does I don't know that he's like, oh, shit, I missed out on that. <laughs> Being three and four in last hey, place in the AFC hey, West. Ooh, third. He's hey. probably looking at the Ravens and being like, fuck, man. <laughs> I'd probably have 800 yards receiving in that offense, and we'd be in first place. Touché. That's where he's looking and like, oh, God. As he's sitting there streaming, he's playing Madden, and he's putting his own self on the Ravens roster. That's, you, know yeah. it, you know it to be true. And even with the Chiefs, like, I don't even know if I want them giving up any picks for players. Yeah, I don't either. Like, But at the same time, can they hit in the draft? You know what the next thing that is annoying me with Chiefs fans? Because they are one of the most annoying fan bases that I've <laughs> ever interacted with. Is all the people that are still, like, talking shit and being like, yeah, we'll still, we'll still be in the Super Bowl. Maybe just take a little bit of humble pride and just be like, you know what? We do suck right now. Yeah. But anytime there's some criticism, like go look at, I saw Kay Adams getting attacked for it the other day. The beautiful Kay Adams. People are people coming at her. People loved her in the preseason because she was like a sideline reporter huh? for the Chiefs for it, the NFL Network. Exactly. But now she's like, oh, no, they haven't been playing this well, blah, blah, blah. Like just voicing the facts of what's going on. And people will be like, you know, fuck you, see you in the Super Bowl. I mean, you this can't be a Chiefs so fan good. right now and look at this team play and go, man, they're really freaking good. Yeah. No, they're you... making stupid mistakes. They can't protect Patrick. Patrick's not getting away with what he used to. And the defense fucking is awful. Yeah, even if you do still think that the Chiefs will make it to the Super Bowl. And there are a lot of people, not just fans. Uh, I, I saw somebody on ESPN the other day talking about how like, oh, the Chiefs are still a team that – are going to be Super Bowl contenders, or I wouldn't be surprised if they still made a Super Bowl run. I get it, but if you're a fan, like just shut the fuck up. Like just just sit in it for a minute and think like, okay, let everyone else have their time to feel like they're good. Yeah. And if you think the Chiefs are still going to win the Super Bowl or whatever, fine. In February, you come back and you say, I knew it all along. Or don't, because you're just super annoying. Yeah. But it's whatever. We also have other sports to talk about today. Uh, the Astros sadly win game two of the World Series last night and tie the series 1-1. But as a guy who's rooting for the Braves, like I said yesterday, I feel like the Braves did what they were supposed to. They stole a game in Houston. So now the series goes back to Atlanta 
for Friday. And it's still just uh, not close games, which makes it suck. But it, it was exciting to see kind of the bats going off, even if it is in Houston. Every time there is like a big hit, I am thinking, though, like, did you know? Yeah. Did you know what pitch was coming <laughs> or not? And I don't – that will probably just be something that sticks with me and the Astros for forever. So, with the MLB series, it's, it goes two – is it 2-3-2 two, two, or is it 2-2? Two, two? Uh, so, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will all be in Atlanta. So, three – okay. So, they could they could win it at home in Atlanta. Yeah. Which is what I want to see happen. I do, too. <laughs> I hate the fact that, like, you win the World Series – like when the Royals, the Royals won it against the Mets, and then they celebrated in the locker room and did everything there. Yeah. I was like, I would have much rather seen you do it on the field. It's like that old gentleman sweep. You know, a team gets up 3-0, and then they're like, ah, nah, we're going to let you have one so we can take this thing back home. Yeah. But So I, I do want to see the Braves win it in five. Game six and game seven will both be played in Houston if necessary. But I, I would like to see it for Braves fans. I don't know. I know that I've said before that I used to be a bit of a Braves fan. They've always kind of been my NL team. I also just feel for their fan base. Like, I want them to get it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because they haven't in so long, and maybe it is the, the cheating scandal. Uh, but I also feel like I'm pretty easy on the Astros with the cheating scandal. Oh, yeah. I mean, we and there are people that absolutely hate the Astros and Jose Altuve. And I'm not a fan of the Astros of at all. I respect Altuve. I respect the players. They're good. You're in the MLB. You're still tearing it up. You're Hell, you're in the World Series. But You're probably going to lose Carlos Correa. I am not cheering for you at all. No, I don't think that I could. I think I might have been cheering for him in some of their World Series runs. Not against the Dodgers because I like Yeah, Clayton they were kind of one of those teams where it was like, okay, look, the Astros, look at them. They've, they've mm-hmm. built this team themselves. They didn't bring anyone from the outside unless I'm mistaken on that. But it was the fact that in terms of pit, outside of pitching. They, yeah, me. they brought in some but like. Hitting wise and like you know, defensively, it was like okay, like hey, look at this team. This yep. is this is cool. Like they did this the right way. It's awesome. And then you learn, no, they didn't. Well, also they a lot of people hate way. the way that they got those prospects. And the Braves as well. Both of these teams blew it up and tanked. I, I believe the Astros were the first to do it, but then the Braves were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're doing it too. We're trading away guys like Jason Hayward, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get these all these prospects in and. They did it in bulk, and that's kind of the way that both these teams were built. We have all these prospects acquired. Surely some of them will hit. And it worked out, and now they are playing very well, both teams. But I think there are probably a lot of fans out there that are pissed off at both of these fan bases for the way that they did it, for the tanking in baseball. You see teams do it now even, you know, like the the Pirates, and they just sell off any good player that they have. I think the Astros kind of started it. I don't know that for sure, but mm-hmm. it feels like they did. Well, they probably did, knowing their trend, it, past history. And I understand like people being upset about like teams not spending money, but if it works, <laughs> <laughs> okay. If it ain't broke, don't yeah, fix you, it. You kind of have to do it. And another thing that is broken is in the NBA world where LeBron James is out again. I didn't see this game happening live. It wasn't on my radar last night. Probably because the Lakers were absolutely killing the Oklahoma City Thunder. At one point in the, what was it, the second quarter, had like a 26-point lead. Yeah. Looks like it was done. However, Oklahoma City comes back to win this game. And I know that we're primarily football guys here. I think it's safe to say that Oklahoma City is probably one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, yeah, they're They're the at youngest. least a bottom team. They're super young. And they come back to beat. L.A. without 
LeBron James. But I do think, and I heard somebody else saying this this morning, this team should be able to beat Oklahoma City without LeBron James. Like, if you're relying on him to beat teams like OKC, maybe we have a little bit of a problem. If Russell very, Westbrook, very early in the season, I get it, but they should still be winning these games. If Westbrook and AD are playing, you, you should be beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. Anthony Davis should be able to beat these guys by himself. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened either. It's crazy. But then at the end of the game... The OKC, you know, they've clearly won the game. There's like two seconds left. They get a steal. They go down and dunk it. Russell Westbrook gets pissed off, eventually gets ejected. Honestly, I don't blame him at this point because, hey, I'm an older player. I've been in the league a while. I know that you got to respect guys here. You know, there's a brotherhood within the NBA. Don't be doing that. He's young. He'll learn not to do that again, but it's kind of one of those deals where you don't go celebrate and and do that at the end of a game. I don't like it. You don't like it? I kind of understand why Russell why Russell Westbrook was upset. And plus, you already gave up a 26-point lead, mm-hmm. so you're pissed off at that anyways. And you got a quadruple-double with turnovers, yep. so that doesn't help either. So I am actually on the complete opposite end of I it. I figured you would be. <laughs> because if there's still time on the clock, inbound the ball correctly. I don't know if you watched the, like, the full video. Yeah, the Lakers are trying to inbound the ball to just really, they're going to run out the clock. There's yeah. like three seconds left. They throw the ball across half court to where – Westbrook has two guys just standing right there. If I'm a young player, yeah, I'm putting up a dunk. <laughs> I think it's exciting. Uh, play till it's 0-0 zero, zero on the clock. And uh, with Westbrook, I think it's one thing to be upset about it, but it's another thing that, like, did you have to lose your temper like that? Yeah. Like, if you go up to him and you're like, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. Doesn't happen again. Not in the league. That's not how we play. Cool. But to a point to where you get ejected, and with 1.5 left, like, come on, man. I think that a lot I can of this. get on board with, yeah. I think a lot of what he does is for show. They're like, go figure, right? Yeah, like Mr. <laughs> Quadruple Double last night. Uh, I think a lot of what he does is for show and like, oh, I'm a hard ass. Like, we're not hard ass alert. Uh, we don't do that in this league. I'm the tough guy. I run this shit. Like, sit the fuck down because if LeBron says anything, that's what you're doing. You are his puppet this year. Uh, <laughs> and probably that's anybody in the league. Yeah. But like, you don't need to like, separate each other with a 1.5 seconds left get out of here like just go back to the bench that's my take on russell westbrook but i also know i don't like him so yeah that could just be my bias shining through but you also you wouldn't see like lebron do this i was thinking yeah, of players I, that i like Like you're not going to see lebron do this you're probably not going to see Giannis do it yeah i can see kevin durant do it Steph Maybe Curry. <laughs> I, I feel like Durant's probably not going to go at him because I feel like that's what Russell did. Maybe that's where I should kind of take it back. Like, yeah. don't handle that. Like, I understand you being upset, but there's no need to go after the kid. Or, like, if someone's holding you back, to keep going. Mm-hmm. And then to eventually be ejected out of the game. So. Also, I keep watching it back. Where the fuck are the other Lakers? Because <laughs> no one is trying to hold him back except for the Oklahoma City Thunder guys. And, like, Lou Dort, I think, was maybe there when Westbrook was. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a little bit of a relationship there too, but I just get the game over with. <laughs> I'm sorry, like it does. It's kind of shitty that the guy dunked on you. Be upset about it, but also like don't take it so far as to where you have to be separated and ejected from with the game. one second left. Now you're gonna get fined out of that, and you just can keep your mouth <laughs> right. shut for like 30 seconds yeah, for an you actual get game. Your second technical in the night, and you get ejected. Now there's money out of your pocket. He's got a lot of it. I think that he'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but another guy making a lot of news in the NBA is also James Harden and his early on struggles 
so far this year. He's had three games in a row where he's failed to score more than 15 points. And I bring it up because, again, we're five games into the season. A lot of this doesn't matter. But he was a guy that you and I were watching for. Of Like, how are these new rule changes going to affect him? How is it going to change his game? And so far, he's not been scoring a lot of points. Uh, small sample size. Like I said, only five games in. But when you look at his points in game one, 20. Game two, 20. Three, 15. 14. 14. And I do think there is something to it because when you look at how many times he's getting to the free throw line, the most free throws he's attempted in a game this year is four. And you know, even in their third game, he only got to the line one time. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's known for getting to the line eight, 10, 12 times a game and probably getting an easy 10 points or so uh, from the free throw line. And if he were doing that now, you know, if he's scoring 24 points in the fifth game of the season, nobody really cares. But it is something that I'm just keeping my eye on of how much is this going to change his game and you know how much he's able to score. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with his playing time because I mean, he's playing 30, the first game was 30 minutes and now the last three games it's been 33, 30, 35. And his shooting's so, been like, okay, he's not shooting bad. Yeah, 4 of 12 was what his last game was and 5 of 17 the game before. I wonder if he's just wanting to take those outside shots because he's averaging, <laughs> he's got eight threes every game. And yeah. he's only hitting about well, three of them. And another part is he's still probably suffering from that hamstring injury. And that was going to be my next of... thing. Is he just wanting to take it easy to start the season? No need to go that hard. Everybody knows like this part of the year really doesn't matter. Just make sure you make the playoffs. You're fine. Because, I mean, as long as you're still winning games, with right now they're going loss, win, loss, win, loss. So they'll probably win this next game. But it is one of those deals where I do wonder if you're just taking it easy right now. Getting them outside shots, kind of finding your stroke. You don't want to be uber aggressive. You'll get that as the season right. goes on. So. It's almost like a, a maybe a Shaq situation where I'm going to play myself in the shape. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see that. I think we saw it last year with James Harden, too. So I'm not like sounding the alarms of like, oh my God, he's bad. <laughs> but like, it's maybe something to keep an eye on. And then, uh, and you know, Kevin Durant also last night asked uh, and a reporter asked him about Kyrie. And he said, yeah, we do miss Kyrie. That's a situation that I am expecting to blow up. Eventually, at some point, like if the Nets go on a little bit of a losing streak or James Harden has to miss games and Kevin Durant's doing it by himself, that's a situation where I think it's going to end very badly. I, but I thought that when they both signed with the Nets. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's Kyrie Irving. I mean, when you start off with, we don't even need a coach. I get. Let me get some possessions down on the post. It's already bad. Uh-huh. Red flags, bub. Yeah. And then you know, missing games because – you're going to celebrate family members' birthdays and, and things like that. Uh, I get it. I My birthday was on Tuesday. Guess where I was? Work. Oh, I was Showed like, up. I was like, fuck, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> uh, you know, I was at work. But that's part of you know, having a big boy job. It is. Showing up. Being an adult. And that's in regards to you can't miss games because of a birthday. Like Not what when he's you're trying to do with the, the vaccine. <laughs> That's whatever. If his teams are fine with it, I'm fine with it. But when you're missing games because it's like, nope, it's Pop's birthday. <laughs> okay, t- call him tomorrow. Yeah. Fly him out to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, let him watch a game. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing that I didn't put on the rundown but I think is interesting is the NBA on TNT flipped their nights uh, on what they're doing. Usually you have you know Barkley, Shaq, Ernie, and Kenny on Thursday nights. And in a very quiet little... Switch up. Now those fellas are on Tuesday nights. And I think it just goes to show 
you can't compete with the NFL for ratings. Yeah. Even if it is these weird little shitty Thursday night games, you can't compete with the NFL. The NFL still remains king of all sports. It definitely wasn't something that I noticed, but now that you bring it up, it does make sense on put it on a Tuesday, on a day where people can look forward to it, where you get the or, NFL Sunday, Monday, then you NBA Tuesday, nothing start Wednesday. Start the NBA season after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, Problem shit. solved. You I get Chuck wonder- and Ernie for yeah, the full 82 games or whatever it is, uh, however many weeks that they are on. I do wonder if they're starting to kind of make that transition with Lefko a little more. Um, a guy yeah. that we both know from Bleach Report because he was doing it Tuesday last year with Shaq, Dwayne Wade, and Candace mm-hmm. Parker. Um, and I'll have to watch. I don't think they're on tonight. They don't, they don't have any games for, for Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. So I, I wonder what is Maybe it's just because it's like early in the season. Yeah. Yeah, while, while football's still going on, maybe mm-hmm. they just move those guys over to the Tuesday yeah. thing. And then bring back guys like Lefko and because that was a good lineup too. It was, yeah. It was nice to have both of those. I would honestly say though, I, I think Shaq is the worst member of both groups. Yeah, but he does enough stupid stuff and gets pissed off mm-hmm. to where they're like, yeah, just gets his ratings. And he's just a massive fucking human being. Right. And he's a really nice guy. So did you see his comments about his own kids? I did. Uh, like, it was where he you're not rich. Said, I'm rich. Yeah, we aren't rich. <laughs> I'm rich. And if they're gonna do anything. Uh, he wants them to have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, and then he would think about investing in their companies. But he wants pitched on it. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's and, called being a good dad. <laughs> yeah, especially with how much money he's making, it still has. I don't think people know this, but I heard it a while back, so maybe it's kind of made its ways around. If I'm hearing it, I guess. But uh, he does when he does sponsorship deals. He doesn't just do it in like they pay him. He's like, I want ownership stake in this. So whatever he promotes now that you see him do commercials on, mm-hmm. he has an ownership stake in it. Like he wants to own, he wants to be a part yeah. of the company that he's promoting. He doesn't instead want a paycheck. Being, he wants 1% or exactly, whatever. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's, that's smart. He is my least favorite guy on the broadcast though. I don't know what I think it is. For me, it's Kenny. I, I look at Kenny and I was like, this guy just, yeah. I don't know. For me with Kenny Smith, he's the one that like actually knows the X's and O's. Of one, so I think, that's kind of why maybe I get annoyed with it because it's like he's the only one that's actually doing the actual job that's needed, <laughs> yeah. and Chuck and Shaq just get to run their mm-hmm. mouth about stuff and say off the or Chuck gets to say off the wall stuff. Yeah, because it gets ratings. It's a beautiful thing. It works perfectly. It's a magical team, but it's just when we really break it down mm-hmm. to look at it, it's like ugh. Yeah. I mean, Shaq does bring out a side of Barkley that's great because he will just be like, "You don't know what you're talking about, Shaq. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're just big and dumb." <laughs> yeah, or it'll be vice versa. He's like, "You're wrong." Wrong. Yeah. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. And then Charles will be like, "Shut up, Shaq." Da 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 da. Yeah. He's like, "I got rings. How many rings? Exactly. You got? How, That's, how he many?" Always defaults to that of like, "I'm the one of the best centers of all time." It's like, okay, cool. But I mean, we all know there. I'm gonna come over there and punch you in the face. Better <laughs> shut up. And why are his eyes always closed? I don't, I don't know. I just realized I did it too. <laughs> yeah, but and it made me think like that's accurate. Like you, I never see his eyes, and he talks so slow. Yeah. So Sounds slow. like a big dummy. But he's freaking smart. It's like his voice takes so long to get from like his lungs and everything up and That's out. That's just how tall he is. <laughs> By the time the sound waves reach us, it's been like a minute. I think we can both agree that Ernie's the goat, though. Oh yeah, the fact that he's able to handle all that mess. Yeah, and then to and be navigate like, through it like Shaq might jump over this table and kill Barkley. I've got to be ready for two four hundred pound men to fight and get Kenny Smith out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kenny, Kenny we got to go. No, but our guy, like you said, Adam Lefko, I think does a fantastic job on there too. I always loved his football content, but I, it feels like he's more at home with the basketball stuff. Oh yeah, it, I mean it definitely does. I mean he just 
He's just so good at everything that he does. He brings so much energy, and he's yeah. fun to watch and listen to. So to see him start at like Bleacher Report and kind of do like the vids mm-hmm. to the podcast, like, and then transition to that, it's been kind of cool to be like, shit, man, I've been watching this guy for a while. Yeah, I took a piss next to that guy one time. <laughs> now he's on TV. Dude took a piss, <laughs> held his phone the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loves that you told that story. Anyway, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down the NFL slate of games for Sunday. Uh, but stay tuned. Check us out tomorrow. We'll be back. That was a terrible outro. Remember <laughs> our sponsors at Roper Kia. Go check them out too. Check out their inventory, see what they have. If you like it, if you don't, tell them what you're looking for and they will help you find it. And mention us at Miked Up and they will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride.